I greet you with the Spirit of Christ this beautiful Sunday morning. Our scripture lesson today comes from Romans 5, verses 1 through 11. After establishing our need for God in the first four chapters of Romans, Paul introduces the truth that we can be justified before God through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And after introducing the doctrine of justification by faith, in chapter 5, Paul begins to share the benefits of our sanctification, or how we live our life with God, and how God works in our lives, which includes peace with God, access to God, a future hope, joy and suffering. Serving as a foundation for all of this is the love of God, that has been demonstrated in the Son and applied by the Spirit. So today is Trinity Sunday. St. Augustine taught that the Holy Spirit is the bond of love between Father and Son. I've heard other people refer to the Holy Spirit as the kiss of God the Father to Jesus Christ the Son. The whole notion of the Trinity God as three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but still just one God, may befuddle some people. It's not a mathematical equation to be solved. The Trinity is a mystery, but this does not mean that the Trinity is not real or irrational. The earliest Christians tried to name their experience of God and to understand the actual story of the Bible as it unfolded. And rather than go into the theology of this Trinity Sunday and why the church is designated today as the day, I want to invite you to join with me in celebrating God. Celebrating God the Creator, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Today is a day that we can just stop. We can take a deep breath and celebrate and be in awe of God who God is and for the grace and love God freely gives to us and how we may encounter God in this world and how truly God encounters us in which we live. So hear now God's word from the chapter 5 of Romans. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have obtained access to this grace which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. 
For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely having been reconciled, we will be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So, beloved, when was the last time you felt powerless? Powerless to change some circumstances? Powerless in the face of what feels like overwhelming temptation? Powerless to be all that you sense God is calling you to be. Powerless to love in some place where love is needed, but you just didn't have it in you. When was the last time you felt powerless? If you can name that feeling, then you can get in touch with what believers throughout the ages have felt off and on, again throughout their lives and throughout our lives. Our world seems to be going through many changes, doesn't it? We see it in our relationships, we see it in our families, we see it in our economy and with our government and with nations around the world. We're just now coming out of a tumultuous year where I've heard many of you express how powerless you felt in dealing with the isolation and separation the pandemic induced and the losses that were experienced by so many. We've all had to learn cope to cope day by day with all the difficulties and the changes in life. In this passage we read in Romans, Paul is practically singing for the joy of knowing God and the wonder of his grace. He writes as a man who has spent years of his life looking for something, but now he has found it. Or should we say, it has found him. One could say Paul is celebrating God and that God has it all under control. God encounters us throughout creation, through Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit. We are saved by God through Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit lives with us and guides us in living with God and with one another. In the book of Genesis, we meet God, the creator of everything. God is the creator of the universe and the giver of all life. There is one God with one plan, and it is good. At Jesus' birth, he was given the nickname Emmanuel, God with us. I think that one of the most important words in the Bible is with. God is with us, and we're to be with one another. Jesus shows us how to go into the world and to love it, to find people and love them, to walk alongside them, to be with them, just as Jesus was with us and promised always to be with us. And when we do this, when we are about the business of doing the work of Jesus in the world, we find in a divine mystery that the same power that was in him will be with us not to rescue or take us out of this world, but to guide us and strengthen us, to heal us, 
and to give us peace in the midst of whatever it is we're living through. When Jesus was with his disciples in preparing them for his death and resurrection, he promised that he would send them a comforter. As he said in the Gospels, I will not leave you desolate. I will send you a comforter, my spirit. My spirit will be with you and will be in you. And with my spirit, you will do great things. And so the third way we celebrate God is through the Holy Spirit. And I want to focus more this morning on the Holy Spirit. The Gospels speak of the Holy Spirit as a comforter, both a comforter in the traditional sense of the word as one who is there to comfort us and help us in times of need and in the midst of struggles and the pains of life. The Holy Spirit gives us words to speak when we're with those uh, who are in need of comfort, and we don't have the words ourselves, but we find the words coming out of our mouth. The Holy Spirit nudges us to make those phone calls and to reach out to people who have come to our mind who we haven't thought of for a while. And when we follow through with that gentle nudging of the Holy Spirit, we find that the person we reached out to truly was in need of con connection and of comfort. But also comforter, in the Latin sense of the word, come fortis, means to come with power. The power Jesus promised is also power to be his witnesses, his representatives, and his agents of love and grace. And it is the power that sustains us in the day-to-day nitty-gritty of life. I don't know about you, but I sure do need holy help, <laughs> don't you? I thought of this the other day. Brad and I were driving home after an evening with our son on Broad Street. It was dark, it was nighttime, and we had just gotten off the 240 bypass onto Poplar heading into Germantown, you know, where that curve takes place. There were many cars around us heading in the same direction. All the lanes were full. And as we made the curve on Poplar, we saw a car coming toward us in our lane with the headlights on bright. I don't know about you, but panic kind of soared throughout our bodies. Cars were honking and flashing their lights, and this car was not slowing down or trying to stop. And we were in a small car with no chance to move into a different lane. There were too many cars around. And amidst our panic and a few choice words with a lot of loud honking and um, thoughts that I would not put into words uh, and maybe hand motions, we edged as close as we could to the cement barrier. At the same time, a car in the lane next to us edged as close as they could to the outer extremes of their lane. It was almost like one of those Harry Potter moments with the mystery train that shrinks, you know, in the nighttime as it's driving along so it won't have a collision. It felt like that. Well, thankfully, the car flew by us without hitting us. We were scared and then we were angry with the other driver. And in all honesty, I'm not proud of the thoughts I had. I felt that I had extinguished any kind of sensitivity to the Spirit's love, joy, and peace. I didn't feel a bit of peace at that time. 
And what do you do when you have moments like that? For me, it was one of those moments where I had to say, God, I'm so sorry. I don't want to be that vengeful person. I don't want to have thoughts of revenge on, in my mind. I don't want to be angry, but I want to be your person. I want to be led by your spirit. And when we got home, we were still pretty shaken up. But we prayed, and we prayed prayers of gratitude that we were alive and not in a head-on collision. We prayed for the other driver that whatever he was going through, that he made such a careless and dangerous mistake, that it wouldn't happen again, and that all the people who he passed would be all right. For me, when life seems like it's just too much, too much sickness, too much death, too much estrangement, too much violence, too much deceit and greed, I find I need God's peace. And it's when I turn to God, I receive God's peace. The Holy Spirit connects us all to Christ so that when life is hard and challenges come and we're face to face with our weaknesses and temptations, we can remember that we are not alone. We can celebrate that God is with us, that God is as close to us as the air we breathe. And it's not just waiting for emergencies to come when we're desperate and need God. If we want to experience God, we have to slow down. We had to have to let go of the anxiety that we feel, and in the midst of stillness, discover God's direction and power for our lives. Another favorite verse of mine is, be still and know God. And I suspect that one of the reasons that we feel so powerless is that we rarely slow down and sit still long enough to be aware that God is with us and to allow God to fill us with God's guidance, power, and love. Deepak Chopra says that God speaks to us in the spaces between our thoughts and activities. Think about that, that God speaks to us between our thoughts and our activities. He says that most of us simply have one thought after another, and there is never any space between our thoughts so that we might hear the voice of God speaking to us. Or we're so rushed or anxious, so busy, or life is filled with so much going on and so much noise that we rarely become still long enough to hear the voice of God. A friend of mine, Rick, we were talking about this sermon, and um, we were talking about how hard it is to be still and to really see what's around us. And he shared a story with me as he read, had read a book that he had read in a book called God's Echo by Sandy Sasso. Sandy had taken a trip to Costa Rica, and the group she was with went on a tour in the rainforest. At one point, they stopped, and the guide told them to look ahead, and they would see an especially beautiful and exotic bird, a Quetzal, if that's how you pronounce it, which had uh, iridescent colors. Everyone stopped and looked for a moment, and then the group began to go, ooh, ah, but Sandy said she couldn't see a thing. The guide pointed his hand in a certain direction and said in a whisper, 
look right over there. And she looked, but she still couldn't see anything. Finally, the guide said to her, okay, stay very quiet. Stop moving your eyes around. Don't move a muscle. Be patient and look straight ahead. Sandy said she stopped frantically searching and she took a deep breath and became very quiet and still and looked intently into the forest and suddenly she saw it, a beautiful iridescent bird of many colors hidden in the dense growth. And then she too said, ooh, ah, <laughs> wow, it's beautiful. And in reflection on that experience, Sandy said that it was not until she stopped frantically searching and became quiet and still that she could experience the beauty that was right in front of her. Well, beloved, in a similar way, we need to stop the frantic activity, either in our mind's thoughts or in the activities that we're involved in. We need to learn to slow down to become quiet and still. And then we're in this space where God can make God's self known to us. And the truth of, a, of it is that many of us will never know the power of God until we are determined to be still and know God. The promise of Jesus is that there is a presence and a power God has made available to each of us through the Holy Spirit. Years ago, I heard of a small town in Pennsylvania that hired five members of the volunteer fire department to clean up a town landfill which was located in an abandoned strip of land outside of the town. The firemen decided to start a fire, which was a common practice to have a controlled fire to eliminate landfills. They set the dump on fire and they watched it burn expecting it to burn out, but it never did. Instead, the fire seeped through a crevice below the landfill to an abandoned underground coal mine, and 47 years later, the fire was still burning. Millions of dollars had been spent trying to extinguish it, but the fire continued to burn deep down into the earth. Well, it made me think that in the same way, there were lots of people who expected that the fire of Jesus would go out, but he said, no, there's a fire, there's a power, there's a source of energy that burns in the heart and soul of God and is available to every one of God's people. The flame of the spirit, which always burns and cannot be extinguished. We need to just learn to be still, to be mindful, and to connect with it. Earlier I asked you, when was the last time you felt powerless? If we're all honest, I think at different times in our lives, we all experience that feeling of powerlessness. We feel, feel powerless to change some circumstances. We feel powerless in the face of overpowering temptation, powerless to be all that you sense God is calling you to be, powerless to love as Jesus loved. And at those times when you feel powerless, I invite you to take a deep breath, to be still, 
to turn to God, and through the Holy Spirit, God will meet you where you are at. God will give you insight into your situation. God will give you the words to say and the peace you might be in need of. When you feel you don't know how to express the needs that you have, to trust that in the stillness the Spirit of God will intercede for you. Because God knows that we all feel powerlessness at, powerless at some times. And so, beloved, remember that the Creator God who came as Jesus to live among us shows us how to live and how to usher in the kingdom of God on earth until we enter life eternal. And God left us with the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Counselor, who remains with us still. And so we have much to celebrate in the reality of God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And may we do so. Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for your promises, for your gifts, for your grace and power and spirit. May we know that gift, may we receive it fully, and may we live in it all the days of our lives. May how we live our life bring honor and glory to you, O God. We love you, and we are full of gratitude for your presence in our lives. And we pray this in... Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. <laughs>